You're listening to the Morning Punch and Show with RBNJ live and direct for more cities and at Instagram models bio. Get ready for some boxing talk on the clock. Let's face it, you're not working and somebody's got to pay for the Wi-Fi. of Philadelphia, Jesse Hart. Let me properly introduce, good morning, everybody. It is RB&J. This is the Morning Punch and Show, the most unpredictable, unscripted, but always real morning boxing talk show in the game. Today is Monday, so on the hotline blink today is the heart of Philadelphia, Jesse Hart. Let me properly introduce my partner in crime, creator and founder of badculture.net, contributor for Black Sports Online, Jay LeBeau. What's good, Jay? Good morning. Most unpredictable and most technically issued show some mornings across the land. My bad, y'all. A little slow on the technical issues. But good morning and happy Monday. It's so good to be back with everybody this week. We had a full, full weekend of boxing. We'll get into it later on in the show. No hot question today. It's a lot of hot topics out there, but more than likely we'll talk about them during this show. So back to you, RB. All right. Uh, we want to play some note or blow it today, brought to you by the boxinginsider.com. Today's prize is we still have that boxing glove signed by Mike Tyson. If you want it, 718-508-9852. Press 1 so that we see you light up on the switchboard. That's how we know that you want to play note or blow it. Um, we're going to have some Jake's take today. Again, we're going to have Jesse Hart calling in. Tremendous fight that he was in with Gilberto Ramirez on Friday night from Tucson. Got a lot of, in case you missed it, Jay's going to fill us in on that. And why don't we take a quick, quick break, Jay, and come back and we're going to recap this past weekend's fight. Yes, ma'am. For all the latest news, interviews, and boxing schedules, visit BoxingInsider.com. Providing readers with everything from the latest fight schedules to interviews with your favorite boxers. BoxingInsider.com has you covered from top to bottom. BoxingInsider.com is looking for new writers. Think you have what it takes to join the team? Submit your articles to our team at info at BoxingInsider.com. Visit BoxingInsider.com today. The only boxing website where you become the fifth man in the corner. BoxingInsider.com. Make sure you pay them a little visit. They are also the ones bringing you the Know It or Blow It segment, which you can win the signed boxing glove by Mike Tyson. Let's start with recapping some fights from this past weekend. There were so many of them. Let's go to Friday night, Jay. Let's go to Tucson, Arizona on ESPN. Gilberto Ramirez outpointed a very game Jesse Hart and retained his super middleweight title. It was a hard-hitting slugfest. I think everyone was really surprised on how this fight went down. My worry and other people's worry was that we were going to get a boring fight. I don't know if we've ever seen Zordo in, you know, a a really action-packed fight. I don't know if we've seen Jesse uh, Hart have to step up the way he did and face such adversity, right? So anyway, it was just a hard-hitting slugfest. Ramirez dropped Hart in the second round. I really feel like that made the huge difference in the fight. Um, they were just really going at it. We saw a lot of body work. We saw them both hurt um, several times throughout the fight. Gilberto ended up with the unanimous decision victory. What, how'd you see it, Jay? I saw it the exact same way. Jesse Hart was so game. This was a great stylistic matchup because they just brought out that battle, battle cat 
in each other. They went hard, getting up off the canvas, body work, work up top, walking down, cutting the ring off. It really was a cool, cool fight. And I just liked how competitive it was. I'm glad it wasn't just a chess match. There was some good action in there from uh, both of the gentlemen. Yeah. After the fight, Jesse Hart remained so graceful, you know, and he just Mm -hmm. said, he's a world champ. I learned from this. And he didn't make any excuses. And the crowd went wild. You know, it goes to show you that the fans really do appreciate that. And I don't think, you know, he really lost anything in that fight. I think it's going to make him better. I think he gained the respect of the fans. When we went back mm-hmm. to, the, to the fight hotel, there was Filipinos and Mexicans and all different types of people in the hotel stopping him, asking him for photos, asking him for autographs. I think just remaining graceful in defeat really did a lot for him. And he did show a lot of heart. And at the end of the day, that, that's who the fans want to see, the guy who's going to get in there and lay it all out on the line. Not to say Roberto Ramirez didn't do that, because he certainly did, but he's going to move on to bigger and better things as well. Right. It was, I, either way, obviously you want to get the win in the title fight without a question, but at the same time, this, this, this fight did a lot for Jesse Hart, in my humble opinion. It was on a national channel. He fought well. He lost a title fight. He didn't lose to some guy he was supposed to lose to. And he looked good. You know, he still looked good doing it. Showed a lot of heart and a lot of of, of game. And I appreciated that from him. On the other side, Zerto Ramirez really surprised me. Like you said, he, he's known to be in very exciting fights. So to see him battling back and forth and, and Talking and making the most of his opportunity on TV was a really good thing. This fight did more for him than fighting on pay-per-view. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, we'll talk about the ESPN series after this little bit, but let's go to the main event, Oscar Valdez versus Hennessy's mm-hmm. Cervania. Now, a lot of people over here did not know who Cervania was. Oh, who's this Filipino? He's undefeated. Oh, this is going to be a layup for Oscar Valdez. You know, just because you've never heard of the guy – over here, you know, doesn't mean he's a bomb or a layup. You should have done a little research and looked into this guy because when the fight was made, I said, Woo, that's gonna be a good fight. And boy, was it a good fight. Oscar Valdez gets off, gets off the floor, overcomes the yeah. and retained his featherweight title. I mean, Jay, this fight was such drama. They both hit the deck, it was toe to toe. The 12th round was. You know, I just thought I thought they were both going to knock each other out in the twelfth round. Cervania wants mm-hmm. to do it again. He wants a rematch. He thought it was good enough to warrant one. Bob Arum, after the fight, says that he wants Oscar Valdez to fight Carl Frampton next. That fight was Your so great. On the fight. That fight was was fantastic. It was so action filled. It was good to see Oscar Valdez in a fight where he had to show some grit and bite down. And really battled back. He showed he had a good chin, you know, good rock body. He was moving well. We did see some technical flaws in how he fought. But I don't know. I won't even say they're flaws. I'll just say that the style of his opponent, Genesis, made him adjust in ways that he probably hasn't had to before while taking some hard punches. This was this will probably be one of those fights that he learns the most about himself in because it looks so different than everything. Uh, absolutely. So, I mean, it, after, 
yeah, after the fight, Manny Robles uh, spoke to the media, to Dan Raphael and everyone, and he was a little upset with Oscar. He's like, you know, I got to tug him by the ear, get him back in the gym. He let his guard down. You know, he just fought too emotionally. You know, he, the corner wasn't happy, you know, and, and even his manager's like, man, that was scary for a minute there. Oscar took some licks, but he showed that he has a chin. He's got a lot of heart, a lot of will. He could take it. And he's an exciting TV fighter, especially in his vision. Let's, let's compare him to Jojo Diaz. Right, right. You know, I, I like Jojo. He's very crafty. He's a really good boxer. But, man, Valdez is just, he's made for TV. Yeah, definitely uh, more fan-friendly style, we'll say. Jojo Diaz has all the, the things we want in the pro column, but he just hasn't had that fight yet that made fans go, ooh, that boy is a killer. And I don't know what that fight might be for him or if that'll ever be. Maybe he will be known as a fighter who outpoints. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. But, yeah, I enjoy Valdez's performance in this fight a lot. Well, Frampton is definitely a tall order. Yeah, Frampton Mm -hmm. is definitely a tall order for Valdez. Uh, But that's what Val Barron was saying. And he says, you know, maybe it could happen in Vegas. You know, I don't think Frampton would come to Tucson. Um, But that's what they're looking at. So, wow, big things on the rise. So far, uh, top-ranked ESPN cards have been pretty decent. Um, There was one stinker that had a pretty good undercard. What was that? The, the Lomachenko undercard, maybe? Or mm-hmm. uh, No, no, the Crawford undercard wasn't all that great. But the main events have all delivered, and uh, I think that one's going to see really good high ratings. Let's go to Saturday night, Jay, from San Antonio. I'm going to let you yes. recap this with the World Boxing Super Series fight. Oh, so we're now getting to the nitty-gritty with the cruiserweights in the World Boxing Super Series Um the fight was, I found it uh, by other means that we do not support here on the Morning Punching Show. It was open and I couldn't look away. My bad. So I saw the fight. <laughs> I say all that to say I saw, the, I saw the damn fight. And wow, Dordico put Kadrashov, I think that's how you say his name, in hell with that knockout. Good grief. The, if you haven't been watching these cruiserweights, fights on the World Boxing Super Series. These are been these have been some good fights. Usyk's fight was great. This fight was great. They oh, I can't wait to see Marat Gassia fight now. This tournament is really going down. And if you're not watching these fights, you should. But Dordicos delivered a hell of a knockout. His boy Rigandal was ringside to see him do it. It was a, if you haven't seen this knockout, go find it on Twitter so you can see it. I'll I'll tweet it later on after the show. But that's my take on that fight. That series is great. Uh, I'm standing by yeah. my pick of... Uh, I'm, okay, I won't say my pick, who I think will win it all yet. Okay. Um, also on that card from San Antonio, former world champion Onito Donaire returned, and he won a unanimous decision over Mexico's Ruben Garcia Hernandez. Did you happen to see Nonito Donaire's return? I did. It was a good fight to get the rust off, get back into it. I mean, nothing to go rah-rah for, but it was a good performance, so congratulations for him. All right. Saturday, we also had Parker versus Fury, Jay. Oh, God. 
That was Drek. <laughs> Who likes to say that all the time? That was, man, I woke up from a nap from that. And I'm so upset that I did. That was a horrible fight. It was so boring. They just kind of plotted around. And the decision was horrible. The scores were horrible. They were all over the place. 118, 110 must be like the new 30. Because that is like the score everywhere now. And it's always on the wrong side. <laughs> I don't know what's going well, on. We're gonna talk, we're going to talk more about judging the judges still with Jake's take when we bring him on in a little bit. Let's finish up Saturday night on HBO from Inglewood. I know you were there live, Jay, as Jorge Linares. He retained his WBA, WBC Diamond, and Ring Magazine lightweight titles with a split decision victory against Luke Campbell. What a fight. What a fight. That young Luke Campbell, again, people weren't familiar with him like, um, like Oscar Valdez's opponent. And this kid came over with Eddie Hearn with matchroom boxing, and he put on a hell of a fight. That kid got some dog in him. There was no lay down in him. He was going toe-to-toe with Linares. He was getting shots to the body. Unfortunately, he, well, depending on how you look at it, he caught a fight. He caught a, a big blow from Linares that put him on the canvas, and his eye was a, a horrible mess after that. But I want to see that kid again. That's a game kid. He's really young. He was an Olympian, and he was just really great. I really liked him. And Linares, Linares wants to move now. He wants that Mikey Garcia fight, but in that fight, uh, we'll probably talk about it. I'll let you weigh in before I say what I think about that. But if you follow me on Twitter, you know. Well, you know, um, we'll, we'll talk more about the judging with Jake there, too. I was kind of in and out watching the fight. Guys, Friday night took the life out of me. People really don't understand mentally how hard it is uh, working certain certain events and all. So I was in and out with the Linares fight. Um, it's funny, actually, somebody retweeted me after the scores were read because my assessment of the fight was Jorge Linares is very handsome. I mean, that's as, that's as far as I was able to take it Saturday night. So anyway, <laughs> let, let's, let's take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back with Jake's take. When the mind is ready, the body prepares for war. So next time you engage in battle, protect your hands with the best. War Tape, the original branded tape. Order yours now at wartapebrand.com and see why the enemy will fear you. Wartapebrand.com, we put hands on you. Champs Boxing Club and Fitness, bringing the city of Danbury a safe, clean, and professional boxing gym. Located on 128 East Liberty Street, Champs Boxing Club offers you more than five trainers who are all either current or former professional and amateur boxers. Look us up online at champsboxingclub.org for a full description on membership rates, discounts, and more about our facility. Also, check us out on social media at Champs Danbury. If you're ready to join, send us an email at cbcdanbury at gmail.com, and we'll get right back to you. Or swing by and visit. We look forward to you joining our team. Come see what all the buzz is all about here at Champs in Danbury, Connecticut. You're rocking with the Morning Punching Show with RB and J, and now it's time for Jake's Take. Good shit this weekend. Good morning, Good morning, RB and J. Hey. What's going on? What's good? What's going uh, on? Are you drinking a Tecate, Jake, this morning? <laughs> no, not this early. I'm not that Irish. But, uh, uh, plenty <laughs> to, plenty, but, but plenty to celebrate this weekend. Plenty of good reason to drink. So it was a, a relatively uh, good weekend for Boston, I think. 
couple of hiccups, but for the most part, we got a lot of good boxing. You got that right. So we want to continue with you to judge the judges. So this weekend, yeah. uh, the Lenaris Campbell card, apparently there was a highlight on that card that you want to talk to us about, and definitely the Parker Fury judging. Yeah, I'm going to start with the Parker Fury judging. Um, I mean, what a strange fight that was. It's, it's almost like we have to give up on Joseph Parker at this point, but they certainly did it in England. I mean, the theme that I liked from this weekend in Tucson, in England, and in, uh, in, uh, in L.A., in all of the fights, all of the visiting fighters were given a fair chance to win. And in England, we mm-hmm. saw that with um, Joseph Parker. With ter- um, their team protested, successfully protested, to get Terry O'Connor removed as referee. He wound up being one of the judges, and he was one of the two judges that had it 118-110 for Parker, which is ridiculous. I mean, at best, that fight was a draw. I'm no Fury fan, uh, Huey Fury fan by any stretch of imagination, but that fight was a draw, or maybe Fury should have won the fight. But Parker winning 118-110, that was absurd. But when stuff like that is argued, and I was surprised they actually had him removed, I always refer it, like using a big ball term, it's arguing balls and strikes. You don't necessarily to, uh, expect to get the previous outcome changed, but they're definitely going to think harder about the next one that comes. So, but um, with that fight, I, I just I didn't understand the, the judging at all. It was just it was completely baffling. Going over to L.A. It was. To, I'm sorry. It was. Yeah, to, uh, going over to L.A. with Linares and Campbell, to say that fight was a split decision was very fair. I thought Linares won. I had Linares winning 115-112. To have that fight going back and forth is very fair. Luke Campbell, God bless him. The man fought his heart out. But my mm-hmm. problem with the one fifteen my problem with the one fifteen, one thirteen score was how Victor Lachlan got there. He had mm. Campbell winning every round from round four all the way to eleven and then scoring round twelve even. You know, you could nitpick That's a few crazy. of the rounds, but in my opinion, Linares cleanly won twelve the twelfth round to, to slam dunk the fight. If the fight was on the table, Linares won it in the championship round. I thought he won yep. round eleven as well. So did the other two judges. And both of those judges had Linares winning. So the fact that Laughlin got, you know, that he gave it to Campbell wasn't absurd. But, again, it's the same with Dontrella having the fight a draw. How he got the fight to a draw is what makes it suspect. It's almost like he wanted Canelo to win, but he didn't quite want to give it away to him. And, you know, he gave that seventh mm-hmm. round to Canelo, that, which mm-hmm. nobody agreed with. That was, you know, Gennady's best round. Nobody. Yeah, yeah. To, to give the yeah. tenth round even, that's almost like saying you, do, you did not want to give Jorge Linares the fight. I, I, I have a real problem with that. I mean, that, it was such a good fight. Jorge Linares, I don't understand how this was his HBO debut. You know, it was all these said. I mean, that's the man that a lot of women, I think, <laughs> would love to marry. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, married already, but that's a good, this is a guy. He, he is a good-looking man. Yes, he he's is. A very During fight man. week, I was like, yeah. wow. <laughs> very good-looking man, very charismatic, and the, the man can fight. He's always in an exciting fight. Yeah. I can recall very few times where I did not enjoy Jorge Linares fighting. The reason why he was on TV, though, wasn't necessarily because of Golden Boy's use. It's because Eddie Hearn is starting to bring his fighters to HBO. Exactly. Eddie Hearn, Low Campbell. That's why we saw that fight on HBO. So, Golden Boy may think they got it like that, but if they did, Linares would have been on HBO a long time ago, regardless of how many times mm. he so, Do you know Linares speaks three languages? Yeah. I mean, that's what I said. There's nothing to not like about Jorge Linares. He can communicate literally wow. in almost any language, you know, including yeah. in the ring. I mean, you know, Tito Trinidad didn't speak right English, but he spoke to you in the ring and with his charisma. You know, and Linares yes. has that same vibe. So, but for whatever reason, you know, he hasn't been a favorite of, you know, the U.S. networks. And I don't know, sometimes I think maybe it's conspiracy theory, but the judges sometimes, maybe they think like that. I believe judges do know why they are assigned to a particular fight. And the scorecards tend mm. to reflect that. 
So if it's not corruption, then it's incompetence, and they all need to be retrained. And that's always the question. Why aren't these judges being properly trained? I, I, I don't know if we're ever going to get the answer to that. No, right. and it's an issue. I mean, look at what happened with the – yeah, I'm, I don't mean to interrupt, but, like, look what happened in the NFL this weekend. If you couldn't be inspired by that – I hate to play the race card, but – I mean, I thought it was amazing that so many people were willing to stand up for a cause, but we, we don't get that in boxing. I mean, there's so much to correct, but just starting at the top, judges. You know, we have a, a system in place. Judges are supposed to be trained through the Association of Boxing Commission. I've been to those seminars. They're a joke, but even they're, they're still not being properly certified. I, if you put five judges in a room, you Yeah. Why, why is that one like the one bastion of a workplace that hasn't been updated? Like, why isn't there a manual? You know, do you have to take a little certification yeah. test like the DMV when the so you can sit there and assess a man at beating another man or a woman's brains out, but you don't right. have to take no test, but you could drive a car. That's crazy. Man. <laughs> That's crazy. Exactly. When I uh, yeah, when I when I took the certification course, you did, you watch film, you, you you use examples, and then you saw you know, you they were uh, asked how to score the fight, and then they kind of explained why a certain round was scored a certain way. But then at, a de- at the end, you did have to take a test. I've never known anybody to fail the test. So I don't know if it's graded or if it's just that. something you fill out, put the name on it, and here's your license. So it's not very hard to become a judge. Unfortunately, it's not very hard to become a boxer. There's a lot of things in boxing that just aren't very hard to become a part of. It's not hard to become a boxing mm. writer. So that's the problem. There are just no standards. So it's, you know, this, this has to change with judging. It's not necessarily driving fans away, but, I mean, it certainly doesn't help that we get this controversy. I don't like the idea that Canelo and Golovkin are going to fight again because they had, uh, you know, an inconclusive outcome. They sh- we should have a second fight because the first fight was so good, not because we need to know who's the better fighter between the two. Mm. And it's, it's just tiring that the officials are always becoming part of the story. They don't need to be. They're not seen on TV for a good reason. They shouldn't be a part of the story at the end of the fight. Just score the damn fight and move on. If you're not going to speak to why your scorecard is a certain way, then get it right. You got word. that right. So, word. Jake, the, the World Boxing Super Series, the Dorcas fight, it was pretty much criminal for it not to be televised. It, it, it What's was going on there? <laughs> it's disgusting. I don't like the way this whole series has been handled, to be honest, but... My problem is they wanted to make every fight an event, and they also wanted for whatever network was interested in the series to purchase the entire series, that they were going to air all eight Mm. events in the quarterfinals, all four semifinals, and both finals. If you're going to pitch it that way, then condense it a little better. You can't convince – I mean, Showtime has no reason to air – I mean, only six six of the eight events are going to be overseas, which means – and one of them is on a Friday. So that means you're airing boxing on five Saturday afternoons. At one on a Friday oh. afternoon on Showtime. I mean, that, that's a lot to ask of a cable network. You're only getting two out that's... of eight U.S. telecasts. Both U.S. fights should be televised. I will say that. Daughter Coast and Kajariah Shaw, that's, I mean, it was supposed to be the fight of the year. It wasn't because it was only two rounds, but we damn sure got a, a leading defender for knockout of the year, which is what yeah, Daughter right. Coast seems to do every time they fight. And every network, they should have been, you know, fighting over who was going to air that fight. But what the World Boxing Super Series could have done was pair this a little better. Maybe make it four events instead of eight, because none of these events are selling so far. And that's the sad part, because like you said, Jay, every fight has been really good. Usyk made a, made mm-hmm. a statement knocking out Marco Hook. Uh, Talon Smith and Eric Stockland, that was a fantastic fight. And then Dordekos, I mean, he's, he's a rival. He's a threat to any cruiserweight in the world. But none of these that's have right. been events. I mean, the Callum Smith fight was, I mean, that was embarrassing. If Eddie Hearn had that fight as the leading promoter, that would have been a major event. Forget, you know, World Boxing mm-hmm. Super Series branding. But the fact that it's just, 
you know, with uh, Dordikos and Kudryasov, Richard Schaefer was so passionate about bringing that to the United States. He wanted San Antonio to have that fight. And they kept saying, this fight is going to be in the Alamo Dome, which is a massive arena. Nobody really knew until Friday that it was actually going to be at the Illusion Theater, which is a little tiny part of the Alamo Dome. Right. And only since about 2010. Oh. It's like, so why did you bring it there? Who cares about bringing it to San Antonio if at most only 2,000 fans are going to see it? <laughs> and nobody on TV unless you watch it on stream, which, you know, I, you know, to sit on a, you know, watch the fight on a stream on a Saturday night, when, especially when you have HBO boxing and a very good fight in Lenaris Campbell, it, it's just, I don't get the thought process. They've seen the PBC fail. They've seen HBO kind of widow down their boxing budget. You know, Showtime is trying, but they're not necessarily always, always getting it right. The World Boxing Super Series had all the opportunity in the world to get this right. They pitched it as a big event. And so far, it, it's a shame because it, they're actually underselling very good fights. Especially super middleweight needs that promotion because all of the matchups are very good, but we're not getting the big event factor because, you know, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. And that's a shame to all 16 participants. All right. Jake, I uh, want to touch on one more topic with you before we wrap yeah. up because we're expecting Jesse Hart here in the next four minutes or so. A big announcement Saturday night with Danny Jacobs mm. signing the Matchroom Boxing, and he also signed an exclusive deal with HBO. This is major, major news because he is an Al Heyman fighter. Um, so I still think that Al Heyman was still instrumental in making this deal. A lot of people are thinking that Danny left him. I don't think that's the, the case at all. I think that with Top Rank leaving HBO, it freed up a lot of money on, H, or, yeah, on HBO. And now I think Heyman sees a door over there saying, I need to get some of my fighters over there and get them paid and get them on that network. And I think it really made a lot of sense for Danny Jacobs to go there. It was announced that he'll return November 11th in Long Island. Word on the curb is he's going to face Luis Arias, who is a Rock Nation fighter. And uh, what do you think about this deal? What do you think about Eddie Hearn invading the U.S. and Danny Jacobs being the first guy to do it, to get a promoter? Here's the most telling statement that I got, and this is from Danny Jacobs, because it's supposed to be all about the boxers always. I'm with the family. I'm back with HBO. That was a quote he gave when asked about signing with Eddie Hearn. It, this mm-hmm. is the guy who got his career start, basically, and it's, you know, because Golden Boy still had a great relationship with HBO when he first entered the pro ranks. He feels like this is where his career is going to get the maximum results. It's where he got his biggest payday when he's walking out of Golovkin. And now mm-hmm. with this move, he has a chance to fight all these middleweights that he's not necessarily going to get all the time if he just stays isolated with the PBC. I love the fact that he's still without Heyman and that Al is allowing him to shop for the best deal. I hope it happens with the other fighters, especially Errol Spence, Keith Thurman, Danny Garcia. Deontay Wilder, any boxer who's not necessarily tied to a promoter. And I know a lot of these promoters are claiming they have these fighters. And the one thing I will say, everyone wants to wave the surrender flag for PBC. It's like, oh, Eddie Hearn's got Daniel Jacobs. PBC is going under. Who else are they going to grab? Let's just celebrate the move. But with the promoters involved in PBC, if you say you got a guy, you better make damn sure that you have him on paper. Because Eddie Hearn is going to stop in New York, and he's going to do the same thing Jay-Z did when he first entered the uh, pro rank, the promotional rank. He was looking for guys that didn't have promotional contracts. He went after he went after Wilder. He went after Keith Thurman. You know, handing over you know bags of cash, willing to make them you know life changing money. And they all said, no, we're going to stick with Al. But they had to get that guarantee from Al that they were going to make that type of money. Eddie Hearn has the funds. Everything he touched has turned to gold in the UK. You know, there's a boxing boom in the UK, but he's honestly the only promoter that's getting it done. Because Frank Warren and Mick Hennessy, their you know shows aren't a major events like Eddie Hearn. I mean, Eddie had Martin Murray and Gabe Rosado. Russell and I were talking about this the other night, Arby, while you get yourself the game on. 
we talk, how the hell does that fight become a 15,000 seed event? You know, 15,000 fans attended, yeah. attended Martin Murray for Escape Rosado. Eddie Hearn is one of the few promoters in the world that can pull off something like that. And he's looking to bring that magic to the United States. I'd like to think that he's properly assessed everything before he's coming over here, not just that he thinks he can set up shot and get everything done. I have all the faith in Eddie Hearn getting it done. What I want to see is that other promoters start to raise their game, not get comfortable, not say, okay, 2017 is a good year. We don't have to do very much. Keep getting better. Competition is always a good thing, and I think that's what Eddie Hearn is bringing to the U.S. And I love the, I love the fact that his fighters are finally going to be properly showcased um, on HBO, whether it's going to be in the U.K. or whether they come over here. Because let's face it, Anthony Joshua, yes, he's a, a, a blockbuster star in the U.K. He could just as easily become that blockbuster star in the U.S. as well. Can you imagine Anthony Joshua mm-hmm. in New York? Jay, I know you can imagine Anthony Joshua in L.A. I heard you practicing your idea when I, you heard this news. Man, come on now. If, if Anthony Joshua fights anywhere within the continental United <laughs> States, I'm packing it in and I'm going. I'm just putting that yeah. on out there now. It yeah, is but absolutely. Like <laughs> right, but with now, whether Eddie Hearn has a fight in the U.K. or the U.S., that's great news for the rest of boxing because if he could turn Anthony Joshua into a global star, Make him a superstar in the United mm-hmm. States. Guess what? Deontay Wilder doesn't necessarily have to go to the United Kingdom to fight him. They could fight in New York. He was shopping team over yeah. Marina. He wanted Anthony Joshua to fight there in, in November. So that fight could now happen in the United States and become a major event, not just be, you know, what boxing can, tends to give far too often. So I, I love this deal. I can't wait for Eddie's fighters to be a part of HBO. I can't wait for Eddie just to be, you know, a regular in the U.S. media in the, and in the spotlight. I, it's, it's tremendous for boxing. That's right. tremendous news. Well, Eddie Hearn did say that Matchroom will look to do four to six shows a year in the U.S. And here's what I got to say. I want to give big ups to Danny Jacobs because I think that yep. he, he realized that he needed a promoter and, you know, he needed a network. It's great that you have a powerful manager, but sometimes you need a little more than that. And some guys really don't mind fighting once or twice a year. They're happy with it. Right. They're making good money. But then you have other fighters that they want to be active, they want to be great. They want Hall of Fame careers. You know, yeah. it's not okay to fight once or twice a year. And I think Danny Jacobs is going to be the first guy to be the trans, the trendsetter and the trailblazer. Yeah. I don't think this is over. I think we're going to see other guys in the PBC looking for um, the same type of opportunities. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, I agree. That's why I mentioned Errol Spence. I mean, you know... <laughs> But, you know, Keith Thurman is probably one of those guys who's comfortable with his situation, and God bless him. If that's what makes him happy, that's fine. But Errol Spence is a guy who's been, ever since he knocked out Phil Brooks, when's my next fight? When's my next fight? Yes, he wants to fight. He doesn't care if it's in Dallas. He wants to fight again. He wants to fight more than once or twice a year. I, I have a feeling he's going to be the next guy. Maybe not signing with Eddie, but he's going to realize I need a firm promoter behind me to, you know, take my career well, to the next level. Well, that should I, be the next superstar. Yeah, but you know what? I think that Al Heyman is very strategic with all this. I think that... Yes his guys that do need promoters, I think he will pass them off to Eddie Hearn because they have a working relationship. He trusts Eddie. You know, they work together well. I don't think he's going to say, hey, Earl Spence, I think top (laughs) rank is a good fit for you. No, I think he's going to say, hey, you know what? Eddie Hearn's coming to the U.S. Let's get you with Eddie Hearn. Yeah, and Uh, here's one more thing I want to say with Eddie. I know we're pressed for time. I'm sorry, but let me say this. All these promoters within PBC that have been kissing Al's ass or the only time they speak about him is off the record, Eddie Hearn has actually been one of the few promoters who has been very vocal about the way Al is doing things, but yet still doing business with him when the opportunity best suits his fighters. You know, Tassie Duva is another one. She's never shied away from her opinion, but she does business with Al when when her fighters need it. So, I mean, that says a lot about how much Al respects Eddie. 
maybe he doesn't want to hear what he has to say, but he's damn sure going to respect his opinion because Steve Eddie is getting the job done. So other PVC promoters, if you see something wrong with the way, you know, the guys you're involved with, if you don't like it, maybe it's time you speak up as well and earn that respect instead of just being a lackey. The, the last thing I'm going to say is Canelo is 27 years old and Earl Spence is 27 years old. Mm. When, you, when you look at star power and money and things like that, more needs to be done for Earl Spence. He is that special. He can yep. be that major. He just needs that extra push. But anyway, Jake, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Always very insightful. Everyone <laughs> loves Jake's take. Make it a great Monday. Make it a great week. And we will talk to you a little later. All right, thank you very much, RB and Jay. Always a pleasure. All right. John Francis Agency is comprised of dedicated insurance professionals who manage risk, protect wealth, and cater to clients' personal and business needs. We offer disability coverage for boxers as well as life and liability insurance. Career-ending injury insurance along with illness insurance is also offered through our agency. For more information, please visit us online at johnfrancisagency.com or call us today at 732-497-9624. John Francis Agency, our daily grind is protecting your wealth. Any vehicle, any age, any mileage. With Nationwide Auto Warranties, you will stop paying unexpected costly repair bills and let an extended auto warranty pay. Go to NationwideAutoWarranties.com for an instant email quote or call 1-866-352-4999 for a free no-obligation phone quote. So stop paying and let Nationwide Auto Warranties get you your coverage today. Again, that number is 1-866-352-4999 or visit NationwideAutoWarranties.com. All right, we want to play some Know It or Blow It. We have a boxing glove here signed by Mike Tyson, brought to you by TheBoxingInsider.com. Let's take it to the switchboard, Jay. Let's pick up a playa. Uh-oh, hello? Jay, are we there? Uh-oh, we had a player, Uh-oh. yes. We have somebody. I was muted, sorry. Billy Jean started wilding. Um, yes, we do have somebody in the switchboard. 909, if you just called in, I picked up your call and you hung up. So we'll go to the next person. I see 562 to 626, 773. You have to press yes. 1 for me to pick you up. I won't pick you up unless you press 1 because I don't want to catch you off guard. We'll go to and the uh, 504. And today is actually pretty easy. Come on, Our somebody got to win. Oh, it's oh. kind of easy. Wow. Okay, Callie is up with us this morning. Let's do the 562. 562, who is this and where are you calling from? Uh, Diego from Paramount. The uh, Amir uh, Khan Diego. of uh, Know It or Blow It. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Get knocked third out every time. I'm hoping. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to give it a shot. All right, let's, okay, give we'll see, we'll see how it goes. let's give them 10 seconds. Let's give them 10 seconds on the clock, Jay. Here we go. Name us one current world champion from Ohio. One current world champion from Ohio. Go. Damn. Uh, well, I know Sean Porter. I don't know. He's not a champion. He's Broner's not a current not champion. A champion. Um, I, well, Broner's not a champion anymore. You like um, the dance, you're getting closer. I can't think of any from Ohio, just just those two boxes. That's the only two that uh, I know that are from Ohio. I gave you a hint. Damn. 
Ivanka, you were um, you were close when you said Broner, but not quite, not quite. You'll think about it afterwards and go, damn it, Robert Easter. The, 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 oh, Robert, Robert Easter. Easter. Well, see, I didn't hey. know he was from Ohio. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah. He's from Toledo, Ohio. Fan camp. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, and actually, Rasheed Warren, Rashi Warren is a, is a champ again. He, I think he mm-hmm. beat Payano in the rematch, so there could have been him too. But all right, Diego, thanks I, for calling I, in. Thanks I thought for you said again. champion That's why I said uh, Broner and Porter. I thought you said uh, no, ex-champion. No, former champion. No, 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 no. Current no, no, no. champion. Current champion. All right, have a good day, Diego. All right, take care, ladies. Ah, uh, poor guy. We got he got to try it again. He got to get it together. It's gonna it's gonna happen for one of these days. Well, Jay, um, I'm still looking for Jesse Hart. Hopefully, he's gonna remember to call us. I'm hitting him up. Why don't you go ahead and dish some in case you missed it news? Um, I know this is gonna help me too because I was out of it last week. But fill us in with some in case you missed it. Yes. Yes. In case you missed the topics for last week, because there was a lot of boxing going on, there was a story that surfaced. We'll start with the Charlos this morning, since middleweights are all the rage these days. Uh, young, there was a report on TMZ that Young Money Sports, Young Money, of course, is Little Wayne, um, had signed Jermel Charlo to be part of their their banner, their banner athletes. He has in turn gone on and posted the article on his Instagram account saying that. Don't believe everything you read. I'm OHB Sports Lions only for life. I guess they didn't have any other news to post, so they made some shit up. And if you don't know, OHB Sports is run by Chris Brown, and we know we've seen Chris Brown at fights. I saw him here in L.A. when Charlo fought in L.A. So no Little Wayne and Charlo collaboration. So I'm sorry if that breaks your heart. Also, and in case you missed it, topics, Badu Jack successfully defended the WBA title with a dominating victory over Nathan Cleverly and then turned around and dropped, vacated the WBA title. Apparently it was part of his deal to fight Cleverly, and it's possible we could see a Badu Jack versus Adonis Stevenson fight on Showtime in the near future, so keep an eye out for that. Also, in case you missed it, Jesus Sotokaras, he's got another fight. I know you guys in SoCal love some Sotokaras. He'll be fighting Juan mm. Carlos Abreu on November 2nd on ESPN. Of course, the big news this week, Andre Ward got up one morning Ooh. and said, you know what, it's a wrap and retired. Andre Ward has announced Girl. his retirement from boxing. That Wow, that was like the bomb. That was a, a big shocker. Let, let's spend a minute on Andre Ward's retirement because it really did come out of nowhere. And he just said, you know, I want to spend time with my family. I'm healthy. I still got my marbles together. I want to really get into this broadcasting thing. And if you don't have the desire to be in the ring anymore, you shouldn't get in there. Hey, that was very mature of him. Tim Bradley made that decision as well this year. He's, you know, saying the same thing. Look, I want to get into broadcasting. I'm healthy. I want to walk away healthy. But it was a shocker. Who was expecting that? Yeah. I know I wasn't. I was up early watching sports. I had it on ESPN, and I saw something at the bottom. I saw Andre Ward on the TV, and I could see the banner, but I was far away, and I couldn't figure out what could be happening. I thought it was going to say it. He got another promoter, but anyway. Um, I got closer to the TV and saw he retired and was like, what? 
just out of nowhere. Never would have predicted that. Very surprising. Said many times on our show here that Andre Ward would only finally get the respect he deserved when he retired and when he's inducted into the Hall of Fame. And that's exactly what's going to happen, whether you love him, you hate him, you don't like his style or whatever the case may be. I think now that he's gone, we're going to appreciate his ring mastery. You know, I think when he goes into the Hall of Fame, we're going to realize just how special he was. But it's just kind of hard for people to admit that today for personal reasons or because of whatever happened in the courtroom. You know, that's not our business. I'm talking about what he did in the ring. He was extremely special in the ring. Anyway, Jay, continue on. Just wanted to spend a minute on Andre Ward. I know. That's a whole nother show, you know. But, hey, mm-hmm. we've debated enough on Twitter about it. We'll let it go. Also, and in case you missed it news, Derek Chisora has also signed with Matchroom Boxing. So Eddie Hearn has a lot of um, big boys he can shuffle around there. Chisora, if I'm not mistaken, is a heavyweight. And so he has somebody in the mix. If he doesn't want to bring any title fights over here to the U.S., if he essentially wanted to freeze Deontay Wilder out, he could round table Robin. He's got a lot of heavyweights he could keep in the mix for Anthony Joshua to keep him active. So that's some interesting in case you missed it news for Matchroom and Derek Chisora. Also, this past week, the legend, the raging bull, Jake LaMotta, passed away at the age of 95. So rest in peace. There have been lots of great tributes. Go online and check them out. Also announced, and in case you missed it, news, Gabe Rosado versus Glenn Tapia formally announced. They'll be fighting at the Monte Carlo in Las Vegas. Also, Carl Frampton has signed with Frank Warren. We asked Eddie mm-hmm. Hearn about wanting to get back with Carl Frampton when he was here in L.A. This week he said he would have loved to have gotten back in with Carl Frampton, and we asked him if he would uh, get in the mix to kind of derail a Leo Santa Cruz, Abner Morris rematch and try to get the trilogy the Santa Cruz Frampton, and he kind of gave us that like, hmm, that probably would have been the plan. <laughs> but he goes with Frank Warren. Also, Castaño still hasn't been paid for his win over Michelle Soro boxing scene, has reported legal action is looming. Why hasn't this man been paid? What the hell? <laughs> when was that fight? Oh, my God. Why have they not paid him? That is disgusting. I have no idea. No. <laughs> Also, last couple of topics, Gervonta uh, Take Dame, uh, Davis is facing first-degree aggravated assault charges. Mr. AB 3.0 lost his belt on the scale, now been arrested. It's a slippery slope, and hopefully this will be the wake-up he call he needs to get it all the way back together. You, you know, let's spend a minute on Tank, because I used to joke around about him having Broner attributes. And... Um, they're clearly showing, I mean, from the way he's so flashy on his social media, the way he talks and, but, you know, he put up a post yesterday on Instagram and he goes, you know, everybody's focusing on the bad, but you know, I'm, I'm doing stuff in the community. I've got billboards in Baltimore. I'm donating blankets to the homeless in the winter. So he tried to really spin it. And I think his PR did a really good job with that yesterday. But the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, you lost your belt on the scale, which is inexcusable, and now you're being arrested for aggravated assault, and we don't know the whole story, what happened, how it happened, but things need to get better for Tank. Yeah, they do. A uh, lot of talent potentially going to waste, you know. Here, sending you some good vibes, brother. And finally, and in case you missed it, news, 
Where the hell is Canelo Triple G pay-per-view vibes at? Where the Mayweather-McGregor mm. pay-per-view vibes at? Where the pay-per-view vibes yet? Usually we get a whole diatribe and think pieces on pay-per-view vibes by now. Where that though? Yeah. So, no release on that. And that's all I All right. Well, why don't we take a quick commercial break, and then we'll come back with Word on the Curb and wrap up with the weekend fight schedule. Yes, Are you an elite athlete looking to take your training to an elite level? Then Porter High Performance Center in Las Vegas is your number one spot. Our private training facility offers you high-altitude chambers, a boxing ring with telestrators, cryogenics tubs, helix machines, a multi-purpose weight machine, and more. Come and train like an elite champion with us at Porter High Performance Center. For more information, contact us on social media at Porter High Performance and through former world champion at Showtime Sean P. Are you an entrepreneur looking to find out where to start or develop a business plan? Are you looking to start a business or grow your business revenue? Are you a business owner that needs fresh new ideas or needs to solve challenges with strategy, marketing, or process? Red Beach Advisors is a management consulting group focused on helping entrepreneurs, startups, and companies build, grow, and scale. Contact Red Beach Advisors at info at redbeachadvisors.com or 424-247-6143. Red Beach Advisors helps companies build, grow, and scale through strategy, process, systems, and people. We are the experts. Contact us at 424-247-6143 or www.redbeachadvisors.com. WBC World Boxing Cares is a nonprofit charitable organization composed of compassionate volunteers under the guidance of the WBC. By sending world-class athletes into youth centers, hospitals, and orphanages, we bring a message of hope and inspiration to the children and their families, as well as donations appropriate for that particular institution and or event. World Boxing Cares is active in 164 countries under the WBC sanctioning umbrella. Look us up online at worldboxingcares.com and connect with us today. Big champions supporting little champions. All right, I'm going to dish the word on the curve now. So listen up, listen up. I don't got a bunch this week, but what I've got is good. So here we go. Earl Spence, he was supposed to return I believe it was like September, and then it got pushed into November, and the latest we were hearing was December. So now, word on the curb is he may not be back until January. So not sure if we're going to get to see Earl Spence in 2017, but they're saying early 2018 is what it looks to be. I kind of sound sound a little sad saying that, right, because I really do like the kid, and I really want to see him more. And it's like things are getting pushed back, pushed back, and I don't really think it's anybody's fault necessarily because, first of all, you got to find somebody who's going to want to fight this guy. That's not right. going to be an easy task. You know, word on the curb a couple of weeks ago was that it was going to be um, uh, Luis. Uh, oh, God, what's his Kuma. name? Jay? The go- no, 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 no. Come on. The guy who called no, no. out Mayweather and told him to come to New York. Uh, oh, um I know, um, oh, man. Colazzo? Colazzo? Colazzo. Luis Colazzo. Thank you, Jay. Brain fart. Um, Luis Colazzo was the last that I heard. Who knows what type of money these opponents are going to start asking for. Um, so it's going to be really hard to match Earl Spence moving forward as well. Uh, but anyway, that's the word that he's going to come back early next year. We're probably not going to see him this year. That sucks. Some more word on the curb. Manny Pacquiao isn't really feeling the rematch with Jeff Warren anytime soon he's not feeling it so word on the curb is that terrence crawford might be fighting up might be stepping up to fight jeff Hearn, horn 
girl, I can't get it together. Terrence Crawford may be fighting Jeff Horn in early 2018. Manny just ain't feeling it. And he wants it to go to the Philippines and, you know, all this other stuff. And, you know, Terrence, he's like, where? Where do I got to be? What country I got to be in? What state? What time I got to show up? Anywhere, anytime, any day, Crawford's going to fight. So it looks like they're going to be making Crawford Horn in early 2018. And that is all the word on the curb I got today, Jay. Interesting, interesting stuff. I'm interested to see where they would put that fight. If they'll have Horn come over or have Terrence go over there. But we'll keep an eye on it. So anyway, let's close it out for this Monday with the weekend fight schedule. On the 26th, which is tomorrow, Tuesday, toe-to-toe Tuesday, from Las Vegas, PVC on Fox Sports 1, Edward Ramirez versus Luduan Bartholomew. And in the co-feature, Alejandro Salinas versus Dwayne Du. So look for that tomorrow on the 28th on CBS Sportsnet from Louisville, Kentucky. We've got Toka Con Clary versus Braulio Rodriguez with Duke Micah versus Mario Diaz in the co-main event. And then on the 30th from Boston on ESPN Deportes, we have Gary Spike O'Sullivan versus Nick Quigley and Raquel DeLay versus Darden Zunanaj. Um, in the co-featured event. So that is the weekend fight schedule. A little bit lighter. Still lots of fights, but no big-name fights this weekend. But still good fights to be watched all the same. Back to you, RB. All right. I'm just hearing about O'Sullivan quickly. That one kind of came out of nowhere. So thanks for filling me Mm -hmm. in on that one. But we're going to go ahead and close out the show. Today's show is brought to you by TheBoxingInsider.com. John Francis Agency. If you are a fighter or a manager or a promoter and you have fighters that need health insurance, wealth protection, disability, please contact John Francis Agency and protect these fighters. You just never know. You don't want to be a burden. I had to get that out there because it's so important. Um, Also, the show is brought to you today by Porter High Performance Center, NationwideAutoWarranties.com, Champs Boxing, War Tape Brand, Bernie's Boxing, Red Beach Advisors, and the WBC Cares. Make sure you visit badculture.net, ragingbabe.com. We appreciate you for listening today, and thank you, Jay, for always being so amazing. Catch us here every Monday from 8 to 9. It's the Morning Punch-In Show. Have a good one.